Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha podcast for around 10 and 11. 2020, we're coming to you from Rod Carter Studios. A bit of a different podcast this week. Uh, it's just going to be me on my lonesome. Um, unfortunately, we had to stand Adam Rosenbachs down this week. He stood before the board of directors after a very delicate tweet that he put out earlier this week. It's uh, it's something I don't really want to talk about. Um, uh, there's going to be a full review. Um, everyone's going to get their get their say on the issue, but, oh, fuck, I, I, I can't do this on my own. Uh, from Wayne Jackson Studios, it's, it's Adam Rosenbachs. Am I being reinstated? You've been reinstated, mate. I can't do it on my own, mate. I can't do it on my own. <laughs> yes, I'm back on board. Oh, fuck, that was a torrid time being stood down. I mean, you know, people out there would be well aware. Uh, hello to, from Wayne Jackson Studios. People out there be, would be well aware of the reach of the junk time media empire. Now, we have newspapers in every country around the world. Um, we basically control pretty much every media. Um, you know, we, we control politics. We rule the world. A few years ago, we were, um, we were listening into people's voicemails. You know, we knew which players were in, which players were out. If they had a hamstring problem and they were lying to the media, we tapped... Their phones. That's the reach that Junk Time Media has. Now, last week, Michael, the reason that you did stand me down was I posted a photo that you had put up on your Instagram, your private Instagram, inappropriate of you getting a mani pedi. Ah, oh, nice. Come on, some and of some of us like to look good, okay? Yeah, and, and I thought that you. Saying to them, not only is this free, but I also now own this nail salon. I thought that was news that the greater junk time family would want to know about. And so I tweeted it because that's my job here as an independent arm, junk time media to the junk time podcast. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, a very, very clear distinction too by the fact that everyone gets paid by the same person. But that's okay. That's okay. That's completely fine. Yeah, we can do what we want. And then all of a sudden, not only am I uh, stood down... I'm stripped of all my superannuation. They take away all my holiday pay. You set fire to my desk with all those family heirlooms that I had on it. <laughs> like you guys, it was fucking scorched, scorched earth policy. You fucking, you put the company car into the Yarra. And that, that was my car. What? Like, I don't think. I mean, it's, it's more a hovercraft, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's upside down and it's unusable. <laughs> it, can, it, can, uh, it can never grace. Uh, Marvel Stadium again. Um, so we're talking about Mitch Cleary last week. So I think it was on Monday, I think. So he tweeted a picture that Trent Cotchin's wife put up. I'm sorry, I don't actually know her name right now. I apologise. Brooke. 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 There Cotchin. we go, Brooke so Cotchin. She, she went to a, um, uh, what would you call it? Day spa. She went to a day spa. She put up a photo. And basically the implication in the um, in the post was, 
Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was fantastic to be here. If anyone else wants to go here, it's a great place. And I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and say that she didn't have to pay for anything that happened at that day. Wait a second, mate. Wait (laughs) a second. You're not going to sack me again, are you? Wait a second. You're on a very fine line, my friend. Wait a second. Are you telling me that Mm. people in the Mm. public eye, at some degree, they Mm. put things on social media uh, that means they get their services for free? I do not believe that for a second. When I see a footballer just Mm. all of a sudden has, Mm. say... uh, a new collection of uh, suitcases and they oh, put yeah. that on social media <laughs> I say to myself that person paid full price in fact demanded they pay full price because they don't yeah. want any kind of you know m- don't, don't make it look bad or if no, they see a, a footballer that makes reference to the fact that they just went to a, a particular restaurant yep, and they put up a message saying how much they enjoyed the meal at that restaurant in my <laughs> head that yeah. is saying I paid full price for that and that is in no way free at all if I was a young boy now, I would assume that my favourite players love matcha tea. <laughs> and that they were in no way, because all footballers, the hard nuts they are, they love kicking back with a little bit of uh, fat-burning tea. They love a tea. They love a tea. And, and, and if it burns fat at the same time, I mean, heck. Oh, it's a fucking win-win. It's a win-win, yeah. <laughs> now, now, Brooke Koch had put that up, yet quickly deleted that because mm. she went, oh, hang on, that's right. We're not allowed to go to those things. Yeah, she was in the hub, in the bubble, and so she broke the bubble and went to the uh, day spa. Yeah, and so she pulled it down. Then 3AW and uh, someone else, maybe even the Herald Sun, tweeted out about it, and Mitch Cleary from the AFL um, uh, media arm, he tweeted it out. He got stood down. Then the next day, the AFL went, fuck, this is a really bad look for us. Yeah. We should reinstate him, and they did. Yeah, so it's it's been... uh, the idea was that the AFL they didn't want they they had a policy they didn't want people to name names, so because there was a lot of talk last week about um, various people kind of breaking the hub, uh, getting out of the bubble, whether it be grandparents or whatever, but yeah. they didn't want people to actually be targeted. And I actually understand that by the fact you know uh, we mentioned Brooke um, Cochin, and I can imagine like there would have been you know some social media hate kind of True. coming at her. Yeah. Oh, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Um, now I know I know social media well, and people would have been very kind to Brooke Koch. And so I figured the AFL had a rule. They 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 said they had a rule. You know, don't don't name names. Mitch Cleary went beyond that rule and did name a name. But yep. then I saw a little bit of social media action during the week. I think it might have been Sam McClure, who might have said that he was asking people who worked at the AFL if there was such a policy, and he said nobody knew of that policy. Yes, there was no directive to say, "Hey, don't do this kind of thing." So he was a bit like, "I didn't know about it." Mm. Yeah, so it's kind sacrificial of sacrificial lamb here, Michael, and the lamb once he was sacrificed, brought back to life. Do you think? How do you reckon that walk back into work would have been? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, do you walk you in kind of going? In. Do you walk in going? Oh, this fuck. is fucking lame because I've been sacked and now I'm walking back in. Or do you yeah. go, "Fuck you guys, I'm walking back in." Fuck you guys. Oh no, uh, the latter. I'm swanning back in. I'm I'm standing outside Gills. Uh, I'm doing a I'm doing a uh, I'm pressing myself. I'm doing a pressed ham up against Gills' glass office window. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, the idea to at the minute two in Victoria would be shut, so there'd be no one there. So yeah. you walk back You'd to work to would be Zoom. from your bed to your to your living yeah. room to your computer, where you break all you the stories. 
Yeah, but you'd be angry. It was interesting, though, because Brooke Cochin actually put out a, an apology saying she didn't want to get um, uh, Mitch Cleary into trouble, which was very nice of her. But she also, she also said a couple of things in the apology that kind of you just went, well, are, are you really that upset with the fact that you got busted doing this? Because she said that uh, she went to, she called the Days Bar a licensed medical facility. Ah, uh, yeah, gotcha. Okay, so that's how they get around it. So so by that logic, and, and you may not be an expert, it's a question without notice, mm. I apologise, but by that logic, does that mean like they're doing a bit of Botox or something like that? Or I think lipo might be a bit too rich, but like are you kind of registered as medical if you're working with a needle? Oh no, I think I think it's more than that. I think you go in, you get a, a facial and a neurosurgery at the same time. Like these are uh, gotcha. the cream of the crop running these uh, licensed medical facilities. Sure, sure. On the Goldie, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you need, if you have any type of cancer, you can go in, and while you're in the MRI tube, they will give you a petty, a mani petty. Yeah, sure. Actually, that that actually makes sense because when. Um, yeah. When you tweeted out the photo of the place where I got the mani pedi, um, hmm. I got my prostate checked as well. So yeah, exactly, you know, there you go. Over forty, got to do the check. Oh, it's very smart of you. It's very smart. Of you. What a nightmare! What a nightmare! But it, it does raise the question because the AFL journals, the AFL website, have always made out that they're an independent arm, and they're clearly not an independent arm. And I do wonder. No, but I, I will. I will say uh, in their defence, they do kind of. Um, they don't really hold back that much. They, I, I suppose, you know, there's probably things that they find out because they're in there that the AFL would go, well, you can't talk about that. Like, they would probably know which teams are closest to being, you know, insolvent. And so they're not going to report on that because it's information that they would get being there. Like, you know, they go to the urinal, they're standing next to the guy from accounts, and he's like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, fucking hell. North Melbourne are in a bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah. And he just goes back out, goes overhearing, you know, over the split, when he splashed back on my shoes, I fucking pay him back. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 Purple, I listened to the podcast of Purple and Hachi during the week. Mm. Purple was not. Her. He said it's not an independent arm, and Mitch Cleary shouldn't have done what he did. Yeah, he kind of didn't agree with Mitch Cleary. Yeah. Yes. So he yeah. was not he was not oh so supportive of him. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Well, that's probably why uh, Damian Barrett has about fifteen thousand contracts because he knows which people to play up to. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think that works well. And that's yeah. why that's why you and I uh, have no commercial contracts <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> even though we have pitched this show many different times <laughs> to many different uh, outlets. <laughs> I'm picking up a theme here. And can I just say, what a great job the AFL does. They have not missed a beat this year, and they're probably the finest sporting organisation in the world, Michael. Uh, question without notice now, Adam, actually, Adam, with the... um, with Fuck, the, this is two in a row. I oh know, sorry. With the lockdown in Victoria, mm. it clearly looks like the grand final is not going to be the MCG. Yes. So who would be your, your favourite to take it out this year? Uh... That oh, bloody bloody great question without yeah. notice. I mean, it, I it sounds like it's between Queensland and WA. Well, see, I think the three options that are on the table are all fantastic options. I actually think, and I don't know how they do this because you can't just do it within a week. But if Port or Brisbane finish top two, it should maybe be out of those two. Like, why can't it be at the Adelaide Oval? Or is uh, that yeah. because South Australia haven't, um, you know? Um, kind of peeled back their um, quarantine laws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, it's, oh, you're right. It's possible three. Yeah. 
Oh, at the moment, because of just how good the ground looks, and I think that they would get a great crowd, I am leaning to Perth mm-hmm. because I don't believe the Gabba has a footbridge. And we all know. Yeah, sure. That's what you, you mean. Want, if you want the big game, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not right. It's not right. But what about if you knew, because you've got a month before the finals play out, or for the finals to play out. So you've got a month before the grand final. If you know, say, Port finish on top, do you just go, hey, we're going to... We're just going to give it to the Adelaide Oval? Do you give it to the team that is on top? Question without notice to you. Question within a question without notice? I feel like you kind of don't by the fact I don't think the I don't think the finals really play like that. Like Yeah. I feel like we have a set rule of like, you know, you get a home final, but if you fuck it up, then you don't get the yep. you know, you don't get your home prelim and stuff like that. So I feel like I feel like then I feel like that's too much of a reward for finishing first. So if they do say go, we're going Adelaide. Does that mean that everyone who say the laws are standing as they are, all the, the lockdown restrictions are as they are? Does that mean everyone who's going to be working at that grand final has to get to Adelaide two weeks out and just sit in a hotel room? The person handing out the Norm Smith, the person singing the national anthem, or is it a boon for Adelaide? They're all Adelaide locals. That's a really good point. Okay, Adelaide locals who can perform at the grand final. Okay, Humphrey uh, can't sing, but can. Sign, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Adelaide Legends. Um, Johnny, the guy walking around in the gumboots, he'd be doing that. He walked down yeah. Rondell Moore a few times. Um, Adelaide Locals. Guy Sebastian is an OG Adelaide person, but he ain't there at the moment. He got out. Yeah, but I mean, uh, he's in a bunker 150 metres <laughs> under the ground because if you lose, yeah, okay. if you lose, uh, Guy Sebastian, you know, yeah. what's, what's, what's it worth anymore? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Adelaide Local. Adelaide Local. Um, I mean, you've got, again, another person who's, you know, could easily do everything you needed him to do would be our uh, friend of the show, Fitzy. Of course, of course, yeah. I mean, there are obviously footballers over there. There's Rue. Yeah. Rue's over there. Uh, Treaders. But I guess when you're talking, when you're talking your uh, entertainment. Kane Corns. Kane Corns can do the anthem. Yeah. He can do everything. That would be fantastic. Yeah, that, that, would, be, that would be nice. There must be some other people that have. Graham Corns, I think, put out an album. When he was a, <laughs> a player, I believe he did. So okay. yeah, I think he had a chart topper. So he could probably do the um, do the anthem. Let's petition that. Topper. Graham Corns def- doing def- the anthem. De- define topper. Well, a chart topper. A chart topper. Um, yeah, define ch- de- which chart. <laughs> well, I don't was know. It, was it the ex SANFL uh, legends? Top 10? Was it in that one? Well, I think back in the day, they actually had charts for each state. So, you know, you'd have WA number one, have WSA number one. Um, Remember back in the Logies when they would have a award for the most popular personality in that state? Do you remember that? No, I actually don't. So there were people who were walking around with like 15 Logies uh, because they were like the most popular person, you know, on Queensland morning TV, you know? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, uh, Dennis Cometti probably would have pulled a few of those in his time. Yeah, probably, probably. What is it? Anne Wills? Anne Wills. I think she was like a long time... I think it's Anne Wills. Is that right? Um, she was... Uh, I don't know yeah, people can person. correct me, but she, I think she was a long time kind of morning TV in um, South Australia. So she kind of, you know, pocketed about 15 Logies, but, you know... Yeah, right. The rest of the country didn't know who she was. Except you. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Hey, Junk Timers, we want to say thank you to everyone who subscribed to us on our Patreon. We do really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, it's just such a nice thing you're doing. And if you want to get involved, you can do so at patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. Subscribe, whatever you can afford. We appreciate it. It goes a long way to um, refilling up my super that uh, Michael has stripped me of. (laughs) 
Baggers, mate. Baggers, what happened? I I don't like to talk about the umpires on this podcast. We do try and avoid it. But so, and this is this is not just uh, Carlton West Coast today. But I was watching last night's game and and even during the week, the umpiring. I think since your mate Clarko has come out and put it on the table that um, they had sixty nine tackles and didn't get like one free kick from it, mm-hmm. has been beyond atrocious that you just don't know and the players don't know which i think is the worst bit whether when someone picks up the ball it's going to be a ball up or holding the ball Mm -hmm. like you have no idea you don't know whether there's prior opportunity someone can take two steps one time they're allowed to do that they just people just let go of the ball now and it's called play on not as you would say incorrect disposal so it's just a really frustrating way to watch the game. And Carlton were fucking absolutely and utterly robbed this afternoon. And I don't... Now, Callan Ward, he will get to this in a sec. He stayed. He did a bit of staging mm-hmm. on the weekend to help uh, GWS get over Essendon. And he copped death threats following that. On social media, people came for him. Now, I, I don't want death threats <laughs> aimed at the umpires, right? I don't want threats... Okay, I want fucking death. <laughs> so don't be this, don't be this fucking wuss who sits here and goes, "Mate, I'm fucking coming for you." Don't say that, mate. Just fucking go for them. <laughs> no. Find out where they live. No, I'm advocating, mate. If we lose, mate, you send a message. You fucking one of them, one of their brethren goes. One of the umps is gone. They wake up. They're like, "Fucking hell, we lost one." How, mate? Disgruntled supporter. Bang. I tell you what. How free you want the game to be free flowing? Get rid of an ump. How did it become that difficult though to work out the holding the ball rule? Like I've seen so many, so many times when it's been they've had a prior opportunity and yeah. not got rid of it, and the umpire doesn't pay free. Like how how is it that difficult? I, I I honestly don't understand. The one that I don't get is when you don't have any prior, so you know you the ball will get um, you know be bouncing around it gets tapped up you grab it you immediately are grabbed you go to ground this happened to Sam Petrevsky Seaton today and he had no chance Jack Darling wrapped him up and then it's a free kick against him and you're like but he had no opportunity mm. the one thing that he didn't do was he didn't wriggle around like a fucking idiot yeah sure you kind of pretend uh, that he was going to get pr- the ball pretend out. you look you, tr- you punch the ball pretending that you're trying to get rid of it yeah yeah but if I'm if you've got the ball, I've got my arms around you yeah. and you can't get the ball out physically. It doesn't matter whether you wriggle or not. You can't get the ball out either way. Why do the umpires need this fucking theatre? Oh, my God. But then also, like, I think back all the times when I've been tackled and I'm trying to pretend to punch the ball away while secretly yeah. I'm holding it in. Yeah. And I think to myself now, I go, like, how fucking dumb are umpires that they fall, <laughs> they fall for that? Like, yeah. they fell for that all the time. I'm just there going, punch, 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 punch. And um and they're like oh yeah ball up and I'm like mate yeah. you fell for my act and I'm not yeah. that good an actor no I mean mate, I reckon it's it's your WWE experience coming <laughs> into effect and my experience he like, Hang on. He, he's tried to punch that ball out but it's his own hand holding it in this is unbelievable <laughs> yeah I'd keep a little razor blade and the tape in my wrist and I'd, <laughs> I'd blade I'd blade to get a blood rule you know what I don't understand is um. They're going to give the free kick, right? Everyone on the ground knows they're going to give the free kick. It's clearly holding the ball. Yet they wait that extra like four seconds. The theatrical. Yeah, just and that allows the defensive team to run back rather than going, holding the ball, person gets the free kick, 
they don't have time to get you know flood numbers back. I'm telling you, mate, we fucking take care of one of these umpires. Okay, so how do you reckon it works in WA, South Australia, Queensland, now that the majority of games have been played there by the fact that, um, you know, there is actually a crowd supporting the local team? Do you think that influences the umpires? Uh, I mean, there are a few. When Port played St Kilda, I think they got a couple of rough ones. And uh, obviously the, the fans were going ballistic. West Coast got a couple of uh, cheapies that I reckon the, the crowd kind of influenced a little bit today. So I suppose they will have a little bit of an extra run at it. West Coast and Port and, well, <laughs> it won't help Adelaide any at all. <laughs> but but I guess they do get an extra run because even though they're playing away games, they're still at home and they still get the home fans. Okay. So staging we mentioned before. So Papley, what a dirty cheat. Um how 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 chuffed, how good do you reckon Clarko felt yeah, after that? Yeah, sure. I think he then came out and defended him a little bit. I think he was like, Don't get too excited about it. But but yeah, yeah. but yeah, he kind of uh he yeah, patted himself on the back, I'm sure. And then Callan Ward, so yeah, he put a bit of mayonnaise on it. I actually really can't tell if that was a high hit or not. I've watched it a number of times, but I can't quite tell. I feel like it might have copped re- him just under the shoulder. Yeah, it was kind of a 50-50. In mm. full speed, it kind of looked like maybe it would have hit his head, but yeah. he really, fucking hell, it was a good spin. Yeah, no, he went for it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, and so so Papley copped a $500 fine, and I don't believe Callum Ward is getting a fine, so the AFL have ticked off on it, essentially. I feel like the AFL kind of can't really fine him on that one by the fact yeah. that would be admitting that they um that it was a fuck-up. And, yep. uh, and as we know, the AFL... I do not like admitting <laughs> any fuck <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I mean, but dude, death threats on social media. That is a fucking nightmare. I think Essendon came out and said they're going to um, look into it. And yeah. if they're found to be kind of members and the like, they'll get rid of them. Can I, yeah, I would just say, like, I think Callum Ward was kind of copying it on his uh, Instagram. And don't, don't you reckon that Instagram is less likely to, and I, I could be completely wrong here, just maybe it's the... Uh, people that I follow, but it's less likely to be false accounts or is it as bad as Twitter? That's a good question because I'm not an Instagram guy by the fact I find the idea of taking a picture of myself repulsive. But, (laughs) uh, I mean, Twitter, you can have, you know, so many kind of egg profiles. On Instagram, can you... Do you you have a commenter that might be an egg or an Instagram version of that? Uh... Not that I, not that I know of. No, like people can just put up any photo they want, I suppose, and I guess you can. But I just thought it just doesn't seem to be as common because Twitter, you, you know, you write stuff all the time. But to sort of, it's about photos, I guess. Mm, yeah. But you know, people do comment, and it's not themselves. But I just wonder if it's as prevalent. Yeah, sure, sure. What about when you're on TikTok and Twitch? Do you get much abuse? Um, I know you get docs. Well, I'm I'm kind of not quite myself by the fact that I my profile is that I'm a 21 year old, um, yep. uh, woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're hot though. That's why I followed you. <laughs> I tell you what, I fucking love dancing in my bikini. I look great. Yeah, you do look good. Hey Adam, can I uh, can I reach through the wonders of the technology and check out your boots? What kind of boots are you wearing? Uh, currently, I'm just wearing a pair of Nike Air Max. Dude, you see Quainor the other night? Um, so, Collingwood Swans. Not a bad game. Really good game. Yeah. Well, not particularly high scoring, but, you know, it's tight at the end. And Dacos's goal, fucking ripping goal. Absolute cracker, yeah. 
So the gash on Quenor's legs, so Sam Wicks has the metal studs on the boots. Yeah, so he was running forward. Quenor was behind him and kind of fell onto his uh, boot that was facing upwards. And what was really interesting, because he lay on the ground and you could tell instantly that there was an issue. And the speculation that came out of the commentary box was fucking phenomenal. It was like, you know, broken ankle, syndesmosis, he's broken his leg, he's got concussion, I think he's got ADHD. It was like all this shit. You're just going, fellas, just say you can't see it. You don't know. It's okay. Yeah. So I think the trainers came out and they kind of held on to his leg for about a minute or so. Yeah, which... Yeah, which made them think because they called for the stretcher straight away. But he also and it made them think you had the Nathan Brown kind of you know broken, broken shin sort of incident. Yeah, but he also didn't look like he was in ridiculous pain either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but then when the you saw the photo, and geez, they could give us a warning before they show us the photo of the uh, the gash down the front of his leg. Like it's it looked like a fucking side of beef. Like well, it was it looked like someone had put an axe into his shin, didn't it? Yeah. It was about eight. It was about eight centimeters long, and really strangely, didn't seem to bleed that heavily. Now, you and I both obviously medically trained, but have forgotten it. Mm-hmm. Why is it when you cut into the muscle that far, it just doesn't bleed? That's a really good question because they had a picture of it with the kind of I suppose a towel, and even the yeah. towel itself didn't have much blood on it either. Nah. Yeah. Wow. Maybe Quano was like a um a superhuman. Maybe like he's a, bloodless. Maybe that's like why they picked him up by the fact that he doesn't bleed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a predator. <laughs> oh no, that that bled. Fuck, sorry. Because you could kill it. Yeah, if he bleeds, you can kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this is find interesting is that the umpires don't check the boots anymore. So they, don't no, they apparently they they just don't. They've never done it at AFL level, and I think that's because you and I played at a level where they do because people are filthy dogs. Okay, gotcha. And sharpen things. Nick Rewalt was talking about it on the coverage on Friday night, and he said that because um, Stephen Baker admitted it on open mic that he used to sharpen his mm. boots, and Rewalt said that the players pulled him up one time because he was basically wearing running spikes. And they were like, dude. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he just used to walk up and rake people's ankles. <laughs> and they're like, oh, mate, I think you've gone a little bit too far there. So you pull that back. So, yeah, the umpires don't. Because remember when you were a junior, they, did they check your fingernails and for rings as well? I feel like they did. Yeah, I think they came yeah. and checked for jewellery and earrings and stuff yeah. like that. And then they'd run your yeah. hand up the boots. Yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. in my senior years if they did it. I'm pretty certain they did. I do remember it in junior years. But, um. I'm yeah. trying to think in the same years. And then they'd also, uh, I think the captain of the home team got to pick the ball as well. Really? I feel like that might be right. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that there would be two options. I remember one game and I had the, the resin on my hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to do that a lot. Just like playing as like a you know 24-year-old or whatever. And um, I picked the ball up in the middle of the ground and kind of just chucked up a couple of times just to kind of, you know, get familiar with the footy. And um, yeah. <laughs> and some of the just, just in case you forgot from you know kicking it around in in, in the warm up, yeah. yeah. And the umpire got really irritated a couple of minutes later, and he's like, "Someone has tampered with the ball," because the resin had come off on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Calm down, mate. Like tampering is a strong word. Like really." I, that's exactly what it was. You fucking did you win any flags at that club? Ah, uh, no, no. Okay, good, because you should be stripped of them <laughs> if you had. So Sam Wills, uh, is it Sam? Uh, Wicks. 
Wicks. Sorry, Wixie. Because uh, he was wearing the um, Nike uh, gouges. They were the boots that he had on. Pop- so it was always going to be. Popular brand, yeah. Very, very popular. Very popular. So they come with molded and steel, uh, like, longer stops, which apparently, straight out of the box, heaps of players wear them. Yeah, I, I actually had never heard of them. I'm I'm trying to work out the advantage that a metal stud would give as opposed to a, a plastic one by the fact that like, you feel like the, the plastic ones, they're not exactly kind of moving a great deal, are they? Well, also, the, you can't imagine that they're going to wear down that much. Like, you're not, you're not coming into contact with hard surfaces that, like, you don't start in a pair of moulds and then by the end of the last quarter, you're running on just flat plastic. That is a good question by the fact, do you think players would wear the same pair of boots for the entire year? How, how, much, no. how much would they change? Absolutely not. I, I reckon they would change almost uh, fortnightly, if not more. But do you think they need to wear them in a little bit? In terms of no, I don't. I don't think so. Like I, because um, my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, used to work at Nike, and so she gave me. She brought home a pair of boots that um, I think they had for someone that someone didn't take, and so I, I have a pair of boots here, and they are so comfortable that there is just absolutely and utterly no need to wear them in. Sure, sure. I could go out there right now and shank a ball, and I would feel like I was kicking on air. We've got forty-five minutes before the curfew so maybe we should <laughs> rush it before you um but see so nathan buckley came out and said that you know we we haven't gone to um we haven't you know you don't check the boots since since juniors that kind of thing but he said also that because of the um the the reigning in of the finances during covert that uh, collingwood have actually had to let go their boot stutter no way yes He's uh, not currently at the club. Because I think uh, Collingwood's one of those guys that have been there for, you know, 30 years. Yeah, they have his name in the article here. Uh, he just quickly says... And then you think about it as well, like, with all the travel that they're doing this year, like going from town mm. to town to town, yeah. um, that you actually probably would need a property steward like that to kind of keep an eye on all the, you know, logistical concerns. Yeah, you would have thought that. He says, funnily enough, we don't have a boot starter, in brackets, Neil Price... On staff at the moment, and I don't know if many teams would. So there you go. Huh. I mean, the, the the thing that bothers me about this, it's such an overreaction to one incident that we have. N- I've never seen this before. No. And now it's like you can never wear these boots. The fucking boot starters aren't working. The the soft caps too small. People aren't allowed to travel in hubs. It's like it's such a one-off. Uh, but then also at the same time, when they talk about these metal studs. Yeah. They say it might be a $40,000 fine to wear them. But they, yes, that's correct. But they say they're illegal boots. And I'm like, well, how come they are illegal? Like, when did the rule about metal stops come in? How come we've never again, heard about this before? Yeah, again, Nick Rewalt was saying he'd never heard about that in his entire playing career. And almost, he reckons most players would be wearing this particular boot. Yeah. So when Toby Green um, went up and kicked... Um, Luke Dalhouse in the face drew a bit of claret. No one even thought to check what kind of... He might have been a metal stop to the face, but they just thought, well, it's because he got booted him in the face. But that that there could have stopped it had the AFL done their due diligence, Michael. Yeah, sure. Are you saying that the AFL maybe, just maybe, mm. every now and then is full of fucking shit? As an independent media arm, <laughs> I would like to say that the AFL are doing a wonderful job 
and that if Wix had not gone outside the realm of being a, uh, a legal and fair player, this would never have happened. He should be suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, sure, for sure, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's a given, yeah. But I have never seen that on, on a footy field before. And then I think people were saying, oh, I'm trying to think who was saying it, but they said get rid of these metal boots before something, before basically someone bleeds out on the ground. Oh, you don't want that. Yeah. Wouldn't be pretty. That, I mean, uh, but it'd, be, it'd be fun, though. <laughs> it'd be fun, though, to hear the commentators trying to work out what's happening. Yeah. Or imagine how much claret. Oh, J- <laughs> JB would fucking have a dream. Mate, he's, he's fucking, he's severed an artery. There's claret <laughs> everywhere. Did you ever see, that, like, a hockey player when they get nicked by a boot? Uh, oh, ice hockey? No, no, I don't, uh, no I, you know what? I actually don't. I like my hockey, but I haven't seen that. Oh, dude, there was a couple of years ago, a guy that got um, hit on the throat. And yeah, okay. he was, like, gushing. Yeah, it was not pretty at all. Yeah. But, I mean... Luckily, it, luckily it's a white surface, so you can't really see it. I know. Like, it was like... They, they definitely put the camera away from the bloke and did not show it and were like, okay, this is actually full on. <laughs> yeah. 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 This man has been cut in the throat by With a... a blade. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Now, Jordan Lewis has come out this week, Michael, and he's talking about culture, the culture down at clubs. Yeah, he's saying you can't buy culture. You can't. I've tried. I've tried. You, you just cannot buy it. It's a funny thing. Can't be bought. Mm. Can't be taught. Can't be. Is that right? Yeah. No, I think there's probably like about a 1,000-word article, probably for the Herald Sun. Mm. Yeah, for the Herald Sun. John yeah. Lewis. Actually, can we talk about John Lewis for a little bit? What a, what a What a sophisticated young man he's become. Like, you know, from he's a bit glasses. of early ruffian. I mean, he was in court early yeah. on in the days, you know, for a, a yeah. fray. Um, and then now he's... Jeez, a fray's a good word. Have you ever been involved in a fray? Well, I think you could ask Jordan Lewis if he was, and he might say he was or he wasn't. I don't know how he no, played have, it. Have you, have you, though? A fray? No, I haven't been in a fray, no. no. What about on the ground in a fray? Yeah, but that's like a bit of pushing and shoving, not a proper... I've never, I've never been in a punch-up. No? Yeah. You've never had someone afraid you from behind? Uh, no, no one's king afraid me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coward afraid. <laughs> um, have you been in a blue? Oh, heaps on the footy field. Yeah, but in real life. A uh, couple. Yeah, go Anyway, to. moving okay. on. <laughs> I remember one time going, it was, I think I might have, might, I think I might have had a birthday party. And then we went to another, I think we went to Tankerville. Yeah, for Melbourne people, oh, Tankerville Jesus. is fucking dark as, yeah. Like it's, the, uh, the home of a friend. Yeah, but it was like, you know, the only place open. And yeah. some, I think a friend got into one, was near getting into a, an affray. And I just stood yeah. behind him, almost like comedically. <laughs> like, um, like I wasn't yeah. going to do anything, but I kind of just found it funny that I was like being a tough guy. And yeah. and then and then I went back and took my seat and a friend of mine said, oh, Michael, oh, being a tough guy. And <laughs> <laughs> But I had generally no, no, no ambition to be in an affray. But I, yeah, anyway, that affray didn't happen. There was no affray. I remember once we got into like a push and shove fray, and then one of my mates uh, was like calling out. We're like, "What's he calling us for?" And because he'd he'd managed to secure a five seater cab, he was so excited by that. And we're like, "That's that's not how you. That's not one in all in." <laughs> <laughs> remember that on the? Did you did your coach ever give you that instruction? Uh, no, no, I don't remember that. Yeah, I oh, didn't. That happen in the ammos. Well, I. I, th- I suppose there was a bit of pushing and shoving. There was never really, not not an all in. Um, I remember one time uh, a player whacked a bloke, and 
and got suspended for it. Like a, a guy yeah. on our team, like he probably got two weeks, and fair enough. Like he did whack a bloke, um, and then that bloke went off. The guy who got hit went off, and his replacement came on, and the replacement walked up to the bloke who had just thrown the punch, punched him in the cheek, got reported, and got sent off. So within, <laughs> like, he got sent off within, like, literally 15 seconds. Came on the ground, <laughs> punched effort. a guy, <laughs> turned around, walked off. <laughs> oh, that's great. The best one that I ever saw, this is, uh, we're, so I played for Strathmore at the time, and I can't even remember who we were playing. But I remember an attempted uh, spinning heel kick. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was pretty good fun. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think. Yeah. No all-ins. I, 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 the, the most interesting one was... um. Uh, a guy threw an elbow playing cricket. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is like when I was about 23 or so. And Bowling team, batting team? Uh, batting, so uh, top of the table versus second on the table. Big match. Yeah. Uh, we were Huge. second, yeah. And so we, we, did, we didn't have a great first innings, but we got enough. And then we uh, got a bunch of wickets, so they were really under the pump. And right, so you're, you're bowling at the moment? Yeah, we're bowling. Well, not me yeah. bowling personally, but, you know, yeah. we are bowling. Boys. There was a guy who was very, very chirpy in the field for the other team. So he was he was putting us under the hammer. And so when he yep. came out to bat, we were like, oh, here we go. Come on, guys. Yep. Go to the mouth. Can he back it up? Come on, boys. Hey, boys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of mental disintegration. I like it. So off the second ball or so, he um, chipped one to the um, to point. And we've all gone mental. And... So the slips cordon is running up towards the bowler, yeah, yeah. As, as you know, as yeah. is the tradition. Yep. And and he's walked through that pack. He had to go through that, and so one of, and so when one of the slips cordon came up, he put up the elbow, and smashed the cheekbone of one of our players. Fuck. Yeah, and I think he only got about four weeks or so. I think it, it, I feel like that should be you know a year at least. Um, you would reckon so. That's pretty rare, like, because you know there's so many weapons out there. That it's pretty rare that there's punch-ons in cricket. Yeah, for sure. I've, I'd never seen anything like it in my life. And he, uh, we kept on playing. Our mate, our mate went off. He put ice on it and stuff like that. But he had a big lump on his cheek. Um, and the bloke who threw the elbow, he went up to the you know dressing room, and their and their team said, "Look, mate, just go home. Like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah." Yeah, you're a disgrace. Um, but you were you were almost a bit confused. You were like, "What just happened?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he elbow a man in the face? Yeah, playing cricket, cricket. a gentleman's game. <laughs> now Jordan Lewis, he can't, he's talking about culture, and it becomes very apparent which two teams <laughs> are, are the good and the bad of this culture, right? So he says you don't necessarily understand it until you're either out of that environment and able to look back at where you were. Or you get exposure to a different environment and you see things that were part of your previous environment that really mean a lot. So he goes on to say that, uh, so within a club, the first club he was at, at Hawthorne, it was uh, an environment of acceptance of everyone. So no matter who you are, you were all seen, and I can't believe any of this, that you're all level pegging and that if anyone had any kind of feedback, you all took it on board. So if you were the rookie listed guy who was at his fourth club and you saw Luke Hodge do something wrong, you were well within your right to go, uh, Hodgie, didn't like what you did there, mate. Pull your head in, mate. Yeah, it's not good enough. Going down media And street. all of Hawthorne went, mate, we've got to listen to him. We're equals. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no, he got recruited like a month ago. But yeah, no. <laughs> Say that to the full-time premiership captain. 
Yeah, that's right. And he said it was just the little things, right? Little things, Michael. Mm-hmm. Like after you win the grand final, right? So this is this is what I love about Hawthorne. Two, he's trying to sell a good point here, but because they do it so often, they've got to have fucking laws around it. Uh, when you're on the stage the next day, you do not have sunglasses on so you can connect with the crowd. Yeah. There is nothing worse than when you've won. Say, say you got your three-peat, right? Yeah. And you're down at Glen Ferry. Yeah. And say Sam Mitchell's wearing the sun and you're like, well, this is tainted. It's ruined, yeah. I, mean, I don't feel like I know, is Mitch looking at me? Is he thinking about himself? It's just not the same. So in 95, when the Blues mm. won it last, I can't remember, yeah. were sunglasses invented then? Uh, that's, that's particularly funny. Did you go to Princess Park after 95? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. Yeah. I didn't, it didn't even cross my radar back then. I didn't even think about getting a ticket to the game at that time. It was just like I wasn't in the footy world, so it was just like beyond me. Yeah, sure. Someone argue you were still not in the footy world. But <laughs> the um, yeah, I, I, there's a big thing I think nowadays by the fact they go uh, like don't walk out with a beer. Like I think... I think yes. I think it's, it's a family day. I feel like a bit more of a more a bit more than a decade ago, they would walk yeah. out with a beer and all that kind of stuff. But now they're like you know keep that yeah separate. He says another big thing about the culture is uh, the socks that mm. the players wear. He says when you train, having everyone in the same uniform, you don't have different socks on. He said everyone either had brown and gold socks on when the footy season was upon us, good, and then in pre-season everyone had the black Adidas socks as it was at the time. Remember that time? Well, Remember I, the black Adidas socks that time? I do find that interesting. Why don't you have brown and gold during the entire year? Like, why do you have to have the black Adidas for the preseason? Well, I, I, I can come... Maybe because footy socks aren't as um, uh, sweat-wicking... Are they lighter as, and breathier? Yeah, as your athletic ones. Yeah, okay. And he goes on to say, we wouldn't train with our tops off because it was a chance to be photographed. So, obviously him, because he's a little bit... He was a little bit doughy. He wasn't, he wasn't the most ripped player. Mm-hmm. And he says, and sponsors get exposed and you've got to respect the people paying the bills. Um, does he say anywhere in this article, I fucking hated mm-hmm. my time at Melbourne? Because it's pretty much what he's pointing at. We're getting at. there. We're getting there. Uh, so he says, for me, culture is all about the little things that might not necessarily be paid much attention at other clubs. So here we're getting to the Whoever other they may club. Be. Whoever they may yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said you could even see it in our haircuts. There's some flamboyant styles in the game at the moment, potentially put down to some board players in hubs with clippers on hand and no more than that. But outside of pre-season, that was a big no-no. Fucking hell. So what did they say to Jordan Lewis when he rocked up and you go, hey, mate, you had a bald patch last year <laughs> and now you don't have any bald patch. I think that's what, what happened there, Jordy? I think he's kind of like, uh, I think that's the, uh, he's, Conservative, and so he covers up the bald patch to kind oh, of not be right. a distraction, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so people don't like if someone's running out for a lead and Jordan's facing the same way, the sun doesn't glint off his off his skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a team player. <laughs> there was a funny one here though. He talks about there was an example talking about Clarko, and he says mm. one day Brad saw Luke Hodge and Sam Mitchell weren't playing, and so Clarko came out dressed as one of the Queen's guards. We were like, what's going on here? And it was the theme about the changing of the guards, that the older leadership yeah. group was out, and so the new leadership group had to step up. Queen's guards, so that would be the, uh, I imagine, like the bearskin 
Uh, Beef eaters? Uh, oh, th- uh, no, I think. Oh I think no, the, I, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah. the bearskin hats and the the red coats. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that's a big fucking effort. So he's got to bring that to the ground. He's put it on, and then he's had to change back into his Hawthorne kit. Yeah. Imagine Clarko going into a um a costume shop. Into costume shop. They go, oh, oh, fuck. Imagine you're a Hawthorne fan. Oh, Clarko, what's are you going to a going to a fancy dress party, mate? He goes, Oh no, no, no. Uh much more serious uh, than that. Yeah, uh Sully, Hodgie and Mitchell aren't playing. <laughs> oh fuck. And then the person would have gone, Oh fuck, change into the guards. I've got some stuff here for you. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have had a whole Heap of uh, things, but then also like the uh, if it didn't work at all, like I mean, I suppose I mean, Jordan doesn't really mention kind of if people actually took notice. He just kind of says, "What's going on here?" But Waverley's yeah. a fucking big oval, so if you got to get on the uh, <laughs> put on the Queen's Guard outfit, and then you got to walk out like 150 meters in the middle of the oval, maybe give. Mate, no, no, no. This is before a game. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It says, so he's he's taken this to say you're at the MCG. He's popped it on in the room. Imagine. You know how uh, some fans, you, you can pay a, a package, you pay $500, you get to go into the rooms before and after yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, I've done that, yeah. <laughs> you get to go in there and you're like, fucking hell, some dickhead over there looks like Clarko in a, in a, <laughs> in a Queen's Guard outfit. <laughs> uh, it says, when I got to Melbourne, that difference in environment was really evident. Mm. Something great at Hawthorne, we almost took it for granted. I'd walk into the locker room, it would be, me- it would be a bit messy. But I'd come from a place where they were not allowed to anything to have anything showing it's kind of interesting though like by the fact that that's a tiny thing like a clean dressing dressing room so why why can't you just say to the melbourne folk come on guys let's keep it clean well michael excellent question he says you try to voice your opinion but if they haven't had it ingrained in them people go well how is a clean locker room gonna help me perform yeah gotcha gotcha so do you think though is it what comes first? Is it the clean locker room or is it the champion team that then becomes professional afterwards? Like in 2004 when Clarko got there, because remember Ken Hinckley, this is in one of our first ever episodes, we talked about Ken Hinckley toilet roll. Went, bal- went ballistic because someone left a toilet roll in one of the cubicles, yep. just left it on the floor. Yep. And he was like, it starts from this. Yep. This is what makes a good team. Yep. And clearly... It does. Clean teams win flags. We've always said that. Yeah, sure. Don't go way back to like uh, Rudy Giuliani with New York, kind of cleaning mm. it up back in the day. And it was kind of like, isn't that a broken window policy or something like that? Um, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, hit people up for the small things. And then that kind of works its way up to the the boss of the mafia. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 I wonder. I wonder. It, actually, I wonder if this will be an article that would go around the Melbourne Football Club, and they go, "Oh, geez, if they're brave enough to be like, hey, this bike just left, like you know, half a year ago, and um, this is clearly aimed at you guys." Also, too, if you were at Melbourne, and that's the reason you got in him in for was, uh, you know, he was a he was on the way down, but he was serviceable while he was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You got and him in. You got him in like culture. Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah, you got him in like Luke Hodge was brought into Brisbane and same as Grant Birchall yep. and Mitchell even to Perth, yep. to West Coast. And then you go, ah, fuck off, Geordie. <laughs> just fucking leave your, leave your boots hanging out and just, you know, make a mess. Yeah. And look where they are now. Geordie's right. Uh, some footballers in real life, Adam? 
Even before that, we've got a, another apology to make, Mike. We do, we do. We've got one from Ben here. So I'm trying to think. I think this might have been when we were referring to Bluey. Uh, yeah. Bluey the cartoon dog. And we suggested that Bluey... Gee, we've got to apologise twice about Bluey. <laughs> we suggested that Bluey... Uh, they do an episode where Bluey got caught importing drugs and then got mm. executed. Uh, yes. Now, I put forward that he was a uh, she. Sorry, God, sheesh. I put forward on, that she Michael. was beheaded. Um, yeah. And you put forward that Blue would be backed over by a truck. Yes. Um, and I, I, or maybe kneecapped as well, I think. All four of... Or did we say... Did we say... Oh, fuck, we should listen back. Did, uh, was there four ACLs maybe being done by a dog? That's a good question, yeah. I'm trying... I feel like... I feel like you oh, was this about my greyhound, perhaps? Uh, that's yeah. I mean, we we do talk about so much violence towards <laughs> animals. It's difficult to work out which episode I'm talking about. But anyway, from Ben, he said, "You mentioned that dogs have four knees. Dogs only have two knees, uh, the same number as any run-of-the-mill low dogs. Um, elephants have four, but that's it." Uh. Uh, to answer your next question of who gives a fuck, probably just me, and only barely because lockdown is boring. So I'm trying to think, why do dogs have two knees? Maybe Ben can fill us in. But, like, they've got yeah. four legs. Why only two knees? What are the other two bits? Uh, maybe that's like your foot and it's more like a, a heel on the back back legs. And why? And you've got your knees and your front legs. Do elephant get four by the fact they're just bigger? They've got more leg to go around. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just like to kick on all four corners of the body. Yeah, sure. I, I mean... His back left is good. His front right is even better. Yeah, sure. I remember, I'm, well, I went to South Africa about five years ago and I remember seeing um, an elephant and then a lion come out of nowhere, um, but it was wearing metal studs on its boots <laughs> and did a fucking number on the elephant. Yeah, all four boots. They were, they, yeah, the, 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 the game drive uh, tour leader. He was like, they're, they're banned. Those are banned. Those boots are banned. Uh, from Clancy, footballers in real life have been piss poor lately. We didn't have any last week. Uh, yeah. So I thought I'd dust off some of my Sydney sightings. I saw Jesse White on South King Street in about 2013. Also, Kurt Tippett near Sydney Uni once he was big. Uh, normally, I wouldn't bother with those two. But like I say, piss poor. All right, Clancy, we fucking get it, mate. It's not our fault. Um, South King Street. I'm trying to work out where that is. I'm, Sydney Uni, I know where. But, um, South King Street, is that like, uh, that's like Newtown, isn't it? Uh, actually, yeah, I think you might be right, actually, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, fucking hell, you're up at uh, Rod Carter Studios, what are you doing up there? Yeah, yeah, I used to live near King Street in Newtown. Um, anyway, last year I was doing some work in Tamarama, and we were just standing around the truck waiting to start the day when a bloke walked over with a cute dog. He cute gave, dog, two knees. He gave the dog some, we gave the dog some pats, and he warned us to hold on to our coffee cups, because his dog loves to chew up coffee cups. It was none other than North Melbourne champ, Josh Gibson. Nice well, work there. There you go. <laughs> nice work in North Melbourne. <laughs> After he left, I told my workmates who he was. No one cared. I also saw the great man, Mikko Lachlan, at the Yabin Festival this year. He was hanging out with his kids, so I decided not to bother him. Gibbo. Oh, that's very nice of you, Clancy. Hanging out in Sydney last year. Okay. I haven't heard too much from Gibbo lately. Uh, no. No, he's, uh, he's, he's gone to ground. Like, uh, I mean, he probably could have been one of those who kind of went into the media career, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised he kind of hasn't because everyone was kind of enamoured with his looks and, you know, that would have transferred easily over to the, to the, to the networks. Mm, yeah. Uh, from Mark, when I heard you didn't have any footballers in real life this week, it reminded me of my experience from around a month ago. It was, actually, it was actually on the day most of the Victorian teams went up to Queensland. I was picking up a small table... 
that I bought for $30 on Facebook Marketplace, in brackets, I'm doing very well. And when I came out, I saw a guy dressed in all Carlton gear, in brackets, team polo and navy trackies. I uh, came outside from a house across the street because I have no life and watch a lot of football games. As well as that, he was holding a Carlton duffel bag with a number 25 on it. I was able to identify him as Zach Fisher. The fish. Uh, a couple of minutes later, two more guys came out of the house, dressed similar in Carlton gear, carrying bags with numbers 32 and 17 on them. Hence allowing me to identify them as Jack Nunes and Brody Camp. Uh, I saw later on the news that Carlton had arrived in Queensland, so I assumed they were on the way to the airport. Oh, that's interesting. You know what is interesting there? That Brody Kemp has uh, is coming back from a knee injury. So he got injured last year in his draft season, so in July. And basically, he will not play this year. Yep. Interesting that they allow him to go up to the hub. To the like, hub, yeah. You would have thought that the AFL, and, and I can imagine why, because he's with all the proper um, you know, physios, he's with his teammates, he's getting to learn the game plan, be around the club. But don't you reckon if the AFL's trying to save money, that they just go, if you're on a long-term injury list, yeah. you're fucking staying home, mate. Yeah, why bother? Yeah. Um, Fisher, I don't know if he still does, but he used to live with Crips. Yes, that's correct. I think the I think the house is called Fish and Crips. Oh, there you go. Fish kicked four goals today. They're very good. Uh, Jonathan, a week or so ago, in brackets, the day after wearing a mask became mandatory in Melbourne, I was walking my dog in a local park. My attention was drawn to a bloke putting up with a kid, uh, putting up a kid's coaching clinic banner on the cricket nets. The banner had a picture of Dusty Martin standing next to none other than choking impersonation extraordinaire Mark Williams. <laughs> I soon realised that the bloke putting up the sign was indeed Mark Williams. Uh, my dog ran up and tried to say hello, but he didn't seem particularly interested. In fact, if anything, he seemed a little annoyed. Mark then turned around and I immediately realised that to my disgust, he wasn't wearing a face mask. Oh, $200 fine, Choco. <laughs> what do you think this is? I asked him if he was any chance of putting on a mask. He disgruntledly mumbled something, which I couldn't understand and wandered off. Pretty disappointing from a bloke who should know better. Absolutely. Choco. You know what he said when he said, Choco. are you going to wear a mask? He said, take that, Alan Scott. <laughs> uh, now, didn't, didn't Choco and... Um, Dusty release a foot a how to kick football. Uh, they might have, yeah. There's been a number of them over the years. Mm. I thought this one had particularly like um, more pronounced bits where you kicked the ball, so people knew where it was supposed to land on your instep. It was kind of a little bit of a misshapen ball, if that's possible. I think they're a bit of a furphy those balls. What, mate? I can bowl a fucking uh, flipper because a Warney's ball. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I think uh, what's a Sachin Tendulkar had a batting mat, which I think made him, as you can imagine, in Cricket Mad India, uh, quite a bit of money. And let's just say that Sachin is doing a, a very well. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a story years ago where a bloke sold his house to Sachin for not what it was worth, just for the honour of being able to say, Sachin bought my house. I saw him at a restaurant in Melbourne once. Really? I went over. Yeah, I went over and got his autograph for a friend. No way. How long? Yeah, ago? it was just like well, I reckon about two thousand and three or four, mm-hmm. and I was with a, a friend and we were having dinner and she had no idea who he was and it was just in a little Italian restaurant off Collins Street, and I just I was like oh, I was excited, mm. and she's like what why don't you go over and talk to him I'm like it's such a tendulkar I can't do that, and so I went over and I've got um, a, a friend of mine who was. A cricket mad Indian fan and I said can you sign this for my friend Maya and he did that's cool he was lovely yeah okay another football in real life from Jake 
What have we got? Uh, just wanted to chip in and let you know that I saw a couple of Saints boys up at Noosa last Sunday. There we go. Uh, I went there with the miso to get the translucent rig out and spend <laughs> the day on the beach getting burnt to a crisp. Uh, and had, in fact, forgotten that St Kilda were now based up there. As luck would have it, though, I'd been walking around for not 10 minutes before spotting some of the boys lying up at a restaurant. After mm. their big win over the Swans the night before, Tim Membry, Jack Billings, Sharon Geary, and another bloke who I can only assume his name, Jack, were in line <laughs> at Betty's Burgers, a popular burger oh, joint go. up in Queensland. I've got to look up Betty's Burgers. It's no hog, no hog's breath, but that's okay. Nah. Uh, ready to tuck into a mammoth feed. The boys were super looked super relaxed, Billings rocking some fresh Burks and Membry, uh, putting on a gun show for all the ladies walking past. In classic Queensland rugby league form, no one recognised them, and to be fair, they were probably three of the only Saints I could actually recognise uh, confidently. Thank you, Jake. And here we have one from Anonymous. Oh, I love this. I hope it's anonymous for a good reason. Uh when the Suns were based in New South Wales, they parked down in Wollongong and used the university facilities for training. Gyms had just opened back up, so everyone was a bit edgy about sanitising everything before and after they used it. I just finished a few sets in the squat rack and went looking for the spray bottle of sanitizer to clean myself up to clean up after myself when I noticed it was missing. I look around the gym to see who has it and notice this seven foot giant and a few other young fit blokes. Um, they were wiping up the wiping up on the leg extension a hamstring curl. I only recognise that Michael, they're two machines at the gym. Yeah, yeah. Have you been yeah. have you gone to a gym during COVID times? Uh yes. So the gym that I go to, uh Doherty's in Brunswick, had opened up for maybe three, what do we get, four mm. weeks or so. Um and it was weird. You just felt like some days you're like, yeah, this is okay. And then there's a few too many people. And you're like, oh, I don't like being here. And for the people who don't live in Melbourne in the Brunswick type area, uh, can you please inform uh, what is located next door to Doherty's gym? Formally, they've moved. No the, way. Um, yeah, the Banditos Clubhouse was next door. No, where have they moved to? I, look, I, they didn't leave a forwarding address. Oh, dude! Uh, fucking yeah. oh, the fucking Australian fucking housing market pushing the pushing <laughs> the pushing the little people pushing, out, pushing the the mum and pop um <laughs> bikies out of <laughs> out of the gentrified areas. <laughs> Have they really moved? That's amazing. Because yes. I mean, I live yeah. near there as well. I mean, as you do. Yeah. Um, but it was genuinely the kind of place where you felt creepy walking past it. Like you know what I did love about it though, you could almost guarantee that when you parked your car out there, that it was not a chance of getting broken. <laughs> but they had cameras and shit out the front, like yes, mate. Like mate, it's a com- it's a compound. What do you fucking want? Yeah. of course you got cameras. It's a compound. Like you, I would I'd literally cr- cross the street instead of walking past it. Like it was that terrifying. Oh, mate. They put on a hell of a Christmas party though. <laughs> uh uh, wiping up the uh, leg extension hamstring curl. I only recognise my third favourite uh, string, X-Cats, Ruckman Ford, Zach Smith, uh, recently traded to the Suns for rehab uh, in a warmer pasture. I approached him <laughs> and he looked awkwardly at me thinking maybe I was about to get asked, uh, he was about to get asked for a photo. I said, can I get the sanitizer, mate? He passed it over. Pretty deflated. He was nice mm. enough, gave me a smile and apologised for hogging it. Damn you, Zach Smith. Hey, uh, we're going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Over Pod at Gmail, Facebook, and G. What is the other one? Twitter. Yeah. And the, the gram. gram. And the gram. Mate, you've you lost your marbles. Going to hit the road. Go Hawks. Go Blues.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.